Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve, and you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, first up on the docket tonight, we're gonna we're gonna go through something we haven't done in a very, very long time. <laughs> Dustin, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a tall glass of Fort Wayne's finest uh, H2O because I had a long day of photo shooting today and a long day tomorrow. And I assume good old Steven Van Elk, on the other hand, he's uh, he's touting something a little different, a little, little something else. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> I am drinking tonight, and uh, what I'm drinking is... A- it's a little bit special, so, something just for the show, just 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 for listeners to enjoy. Dustin, for a dollar twelve at Meyer this week, you could buy a four pack of Strongbow hard mm. ciders. So I did, and the cans are tiny, as you oh. can see. I'm holding one up to you. I'll post one in the oh, in our Instagram why? or something. That's like cherry flavored Strongbow. Yes. <laughs> so I've got all four that come in the four pack in front of me. And tonight, as we're recording the podcast, I'm going to be drinking them. So the first one is called Cherry Blossom. The second one I'll do is the Gold Apple, followed by the Rosé Apple. And I'm going to finish it off with the Artisanal Blend. Now I'm going from 4.5% alcohol by volume to 6% alcohol by Jeez. volume by the end. So, uh, I mean, these are tiny. They're just 5.1 fluid ounces each. So with all four of them, it's really like... 20 ounces of cider. Yeah, it's less than two beers. So uh, let's uh, let's get this started. Sounds like this product launch was... Are you going to say, say something? Uh, uh, <laughs> are you going to say something? I can, I can edit where the sound goes of the, the can and post. So you can just keep talking, buddy. It sounds like this is a product launch just in time for uh, the Bachelorette coming back. Oh, and you know I'm so excited about watching that uh, Bachelorette. I know you are, Steve. Huge fan. But I know you guys mm, are now that cherry up. blossom has hit my tongue, and I got to tell you, Dustin, it is very sweet and <laughs> very sugary. Oh boy, uh, diabetes um, coming at me fast. So I know you listeners out there coming in off a high, if you will, of listening to uh, Stephen and I speaking with the fine fellas over at the Wedding Photographers United podcast. And oh, I messed what, that up. What? Last week during our intro, I referred to them as the Wedding Photographers United podcast, but it's just Wedding Photographers Unite. And like oh. during the intro, I said both Wedding Photographers United and Wedding Photographers Unite. Like I went both ways because I was uncertain at the time. Really screwed that one up. All right. Um, so the first thing we wanted to address, a little bit of follow-up trademark John Syracuse, the Q&A question we did with Wedding Photographers Unite. So the question was about an Uncle Bob who's capturing a wedding that you were hired to capture. And um, during the question, it, you know, it was a female saying that there's an Uncle Bob shooting the wedding and that the Uncle Bob had toilet paper on his uh, shoe and wedding guests were coming up to her and saying to her that her boss had toilet paper on his shoe. And one thing we did not get into at all in our last episode was the inherent sexism involved in that question. Um, and, you know, as four white dudes, we're probably not the best people to dig into any sort of sexism or any other uh 
any other issue that impacts a minority anywhere. I mean, being a woman really isn't a minority. They're just treated poorly compared to men. But Dustin and I, we are gluttons for punishment. And we are. I especially love getting DMs telling us that we have no idea what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. let's, this is true. let's dig into it, Dustin. Sure. What is there to dig into, Steven? Oh, just that it's so terrible that people who are guests at a wedding see a man shooting photos at a wedding who is, you know, just a friend, relative, whatever, and they assume he's the contracted hired photographer. And not only that, but they assume that if there's a woman there shooting the wedding at the same time, that the woman is under the employ of the man. Uh, see, I would have to disagree with you. And I think I made this point last week on uh, the podcast, which is no matter who I bring with me, if they are female, um, and, and this could be just our market here in Fort Wayne, um, but they always assume the female is the one in charge. And I'm just that husband carrying gear around with me. Um, so I actually enjoy bringing a female uh, photographer along with me, whether it be my wife or um, an assistant or whomever, um, because people always assume she's in charge and then I don't have to deal with anything. Oh, I love how uh, gender forward the Fort Wayne area is. It's very progressive here. Yeah. Very progressive. So I shoot a lot of weddings in Indianapolis, most of the time with my wife and people, even though the name of our company that we typically shoot under is Jennifer Van Elk Photography, they typically assume that I am in charge and I am the boss. Could be the vest. You wear that really sexy vest to weddings. And I think that just sort of eludes the sense of authority. I'm not going to argue with that at all. I, I do dress well. I, I dress to impress. Could be the shoes too. The shoes in combination with the vest. Uh, yeah. I mean, is this when I'm wearing my driving loafers or is this after I've taken them off? The driving loafers. Uh, that's just true. You take them off and walk around barefoot for a good chunk of the day. But when you have those on and they smell the little sense of Italy come from your loafers because they're handcrafted by an Italian monk from Tuscany. I don't know if those of you out there know this, but Steve has an affinity for driving loafers. So before we get too deep into the weeds on my good, good shoes... <laughs> That only costs like $10 on Amazon. They're not that good. Cheap monks. Cheap, I cheap monks. just want to go ahead and say, if you are a female and you are shooting a wedding and people come up to you and say that the Uncle Bob they think is your boss, I think, you know, we're kind of trying to answer the question of how do I approach that situation saying he's not my boss and I don't feel comfortable telling him without being rude. But I think that's one of those situations where you just got to be rude a little bit because you need to push people and uh, make them kind of realize that just because you're a woman, it doesn't mean that you're not capable of running the show, of, of being the person in charge. Like, it just blew my mind, like, that people just assumed, like, ugh. I, I don't think, I see, I think you're reading into this the wrong way, Stephen. Um, I think you're reading into this as a sexist issue, and I think it's more of an ageist issue, that because he was older than her, they assumed he must be the one in charge. Well, I don't know her age, and I also don't know his age, so I can't read the ageism into it. Well, I just you sh- know the gender. You have to use the imagination and, and just imagine you're there. So we're entering into... St- we're entering into Pull Mr. McGorry's Wonder Emporium. Jump right into the Imaginarium. Here we are. 
What's up? Boom. Hey there. I guess I just think of an uncle and Jabob as someone who's a little bit older. I feel like that stereotype is going to be someone that's older than I am. Now, in a few years, in a few years, that might be different. When you say uncle, I can understand you saying that. But you told me that you felt like Uncle Bob's were kind of out of the whole thing. And now it was all Cousin Angela's, which is where Uncle Cousin Angelabob comes from. Uh, so I'm asking you now, Dustin, like, do you typically find yourself confronted with Uncle Bob's or Cousin Angela's at weddings? Trying to think the last few weddings we've been at, ooh, our competition has been. Because I think most of the Uncle Bob's now have iPads. Mm-hmm. I would and agree with that. When I see that. someone with a DSLR, I typically think they're younger. I would say the, the last wedding we did where we had a serious problem, um, it was actually the maid of honor and the mom. And that was a point and shoot and a iPhone. That was a nightmare in its, own, in its own regard. You didn't just hand them your DSLR and say, well, go to town. You guys are getting all the best shots anyway. Well, I kind of want to save this for uh, a topic all on its own um, that we didn't get to last week. So sa- save my juicy story for uh, oh, another another right. conundrum I had. Dustin, do you want to move us to our next point of flat follow-up? So without further ado, let's cross over into the Drone Zone. Yeah, so Steve shot a wedding this weekend. I, I, that alone is a feat all, in, all of its own. Man, I sounded like I'm drunk there. But yeah, Steve shot a wedding this weekend where he actually blew his drone. He lifted off the ground, actually used it to record something. Now, granted, this is all hearsay. This is what I've heard. I've not actually seen any evidential proof of this. Um, from all I know, he could have hired someone to fly his drone for him <laughs> and is just posing as the person who did this to get me off his back about buying a drone back in November and just now flying it for the first time in almost June. Can we call it almost June? So that's like six months of owning a beautiful piece of technology that's mm. now been outdated and just now flying mm. it. Now been outdated. <laughs> Now been outdated. What makes a 4K camera outdated? A better 4K camera. Oh, Destin, you crack me up, buddy. Uh, the Mavic Air's camera isn't any better than the Mavic Pro's. And its battery life is less long. It's trade-offs. There are trade-offs. I don't feel like one is better than the other. Oh, Dustin, let's move on to the real show. Do you want to get to the real show? It's been like 12 no, minutes no, of just Steve, jacking around Steve, I, I mm. have to know, how was that joystick in your hand? How was taking her up off the ground, flying her around? Give the listeners that first-time drone experience. Well, you know, everybody told me that flying a drone would be just as good as shooting out of a helicopter with the doors open. And I got to tell you, Dustin, it's really not. It's not at all. <laughs> Who told um, you that? <laughs> that was a lie. I was told by many, many people it was like the best thing they'd ever done. It was so cool. And as somebody who has flown in a helicopter with the doors open to shoot video, there's nothing quite like the feel of hanging out 
of the uh, helicopter, uh, you know, harnessed in so you're secure and with the camera harnessed in as well. So if you drop it, it doesn't smash the ground. And uh, just, you know, looking straight down at the ground beneath you and uh, feeling feeling the wind, you know, from the helicopter propellers right above you, just, you know, blowing super hard. It's a great feeling. Flying a drone? Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Uh, so I have to ask this question because the fine folks over at Schweitzer Films uh, mentioned this on a another podcast I listened to about drones on wedding days. And they said, if you are flying a drone and your butt cheeks are not clenched the entire time, then you, my friend, are doing something wrong. I don't understand that at all. Because you're petrified that you're going to crash it or do something stupid, or so you're, like, nervous the entire time you're flying. I don't I don't get that, Dustin. Are you nervous the entire time you're flying? Because I just, you know, I plan out routes, I check, make sure there's no power lines, no trees, and then I fly my routes, and that's just how it, how it goes. Oh, Steven, so young, so naive. You haven't crashed a drone yet, so I guess you might not understand. I have not crashed my drone yet. That is correct. I was flying my drone this evening, trying to get a shot for a wedding film we did back uh, a couple months ago uh, that we're trying to get out the door this weekend. Is is that drink okay for you, Steve? (laughs) You know, I'm about done with this cherry blossom strongbow, and I got to tell you, I don't know that I'm going to make it through the other three. This is so sugary. So sweet. This is not what I'm used to. I, I got a Three Floyds Yum Yum in the fridge. Can I can I switch to that, Dustin? Nope. Nope. <clears throat> Power through, Steve. For the listeners. For the listeners. You're a hard taskmaster. If, if I finish this, I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> not this Perfect. one. All four of them. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I was flying my drone this evening, and uh, I had to get this shot of the courthouse where our bride and groom got married. Beautiful venue. And so I'm taking off. Wait, wait, wait. So you're doing drone shots not on the day of the wedding? No, correct. Yeah. It was super windy the day of the wedding. It was and we super had, windy the day of my wedding. And I, we I had, kept getting notifications on my drone that yeah. I needed to uh, put it back down on the ground because the wind velocity was too high. And I was like, ah, screw that. Screw that. My first time. Who cares? I'll <laughs> crash it. I've had it for six months. I mean, it's kind of earned itself. Yeah. Uh, um, but so, yeah, I took off. And as I'm taking off, I notice across the street, there's like five cops, like just hanging out, lights on, doing something. And I'm like, oh, hopefully they don't see me. Hopefully they don't see me. Man, I mean, I wasn't worried about like getting in trouble so much as I just didn't want the undue attention. And so I'm flying the drone and all of a sudden I get this magnetic interference warning. And I'm, to give you guys a reference point, I'm downtown in a city, big, tall buildings all around me and all biggish, tall-ish buildings all around me. Dustin, are we lying about the size of Fort Wayne right now? I am around the only big and tall buildings. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden, my drone starts beelining it one direction. And I'm like, okay, time to bring it down. And then all of a sudden, a cop starts like walking towards me. And I'm like, I literally grabbed my drone in midair, turned it off like Casey Neistat style, like one of those. Uh, You know who Casey Neistat is? Dustin, he's like my favorite videographer ever. Uh, I didn't know you knew Uh, him. uh, Every time I try to talk to you about him, you're like, who's that dude? Turn the turn the fanboy down for two seconds, and then so I grabbed grabbed it out of the air and jumped in the car, and I'm like blazing. The, and Crin's like sitting there, like you so ran away from a police officer. Yep. 
Well, I have no proof that he was, you know, coming for me, but he did definitely start walking in my general direction. And it, I mean, it's not like he pointed at me and said, hey, you with the drone or anything like that. So, so this story could have been great. You could have been pursued by a police officer, but instead you just chickened out and then weaseled away. You, you should have just hopped in the car, had Corinne drive and just fly the drone over the top of the car while you go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I would have gotten, you know, not had any problems with that. I have only done that once, and that was with you in Africa, where I flew the drone over our, us as we drove through the jungle or bush or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that was a fun time. You can check out that video on our YouTube, because Dustin Boom. doesn't have a YouTube for his <laughs> big burrito company. So we put it on the wedding photo hangover one. Dustin, do you want to move on to the, the, the show show? The show show. It's been like 20 minutes of just jacking around now. Welcome to the show show. Welcome to the show show. Welcome to the real show with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. I believe the first topic is something that you brought to the table. So this week, um, this week a guy with 1.2 million Twitter followers decided to sell his account. And being the savvy... Twitter person that I am, I immediately DM the guy and said that I would give him $5 for his account with 1.2 million followers. And doesn't, I know you can look at the show notes and you can see how much he counter offered with. Yeah. But doesn't, what would you expect somebody to try to sell 1.2 million Twitter followers for? I, honestly, Steve, I don't know because I've never, I don't know the value system in followers, um, but I would have to say that if they were 1.2 million legitimate human people, that it would be rather high. I would say at at every least, tweet this guy tweeted had at least 400 likes. Oh, wow. That's so. almost like as good as what you get on Instagram. <laughs> So, 1.2 million Twitter followers. It's it's a lot harder to get a like on Twitter than it is on Instagram, Dustin. So now it's a popularity contest on Twitter, huh? It's always a popularity contest on social media. How much would you say you would be willing to pay for 1.2 million followers? Uh, well, you offered him five. I DM'd him and offered him six. <laughs> Damn, I lost no. it. <laughs> And he countered with seven. No, um, I don't know. If it was real people, I don't use Twitter, so I can't use a metric. I don't know, a couple hundred bucks, thousand bucks, something like that. Okay, so I did the math on this guy, and uh, what he countered me with when I offered him $5 was he said he could let the account go for $40. 1.2 million followers that he's willing to just sell for $40. So this guy has 1.2 million followers, but to gain those followers, he had to follow people. So he is actually following 1.1 million people. So this means that his account is probably mostly followed by spam bots and people that just follow back, which is why he's probably willing to sell it for $40. But just to give you an idea of how difficult it is to follow 1.1 million people on Instagram... And to use following as a way to gain followers, which following people to get them to follow you back is 
a way to get numbers up pretty fast, but it's not a way to get people who actually want to see your content, like it, comment on it, retweet it, whatever. Um, so in order to get 1.1 million people that you follow on Twitter, uh, this is kind of the parameters you have to go with. Twitter only allows you to follow 1,000 people a day. You cannot follow all 1,000 people at a time. There's like a limit on how many people you can follow every hour. I don't know what that limit is. Um, so you can follow 1,000 people, no more, until you have 1,000 followers. Then you can never follow more than 1,000 people more than there are that follow you. So after you get to following 1,000 people, your followers rate has to get up to 1,000 people before you can start following more people again. And then you can only ever be 1,000 people ahead of what your followers is at. So assuming that this person followed 1,000 people a day, every day, to get to 1.1 million followers, and that as soon as he hit 1,000, he immediately had 1,000 followers as well, it would have taken this person, at the very least, assuming he never hit any cap on how many people he could follow, over three years of daily work to follow 1.1 million people so that he could amass 1.2 million followers. So for three years, every single day, either he is following 1,000 people every day or he has some sort of spam bot thing that he is like paying for or that he built and is running with his electricity and stuff that is following these people. Or and he bought the, the account. Yeah, that could be possible too, but then somebody else did all the work to get it there as well. Um, and at the end of all that, all that work to get to you following 1.1 million people and 1.2 million people following you back, all of that work is only worth $40. Three years of daily work. Uh, yeah, so you bought it. Is that the moral <laughs> of the story? No, no, I don't want that spammy account. I, we've got our own spammy accounts that we have to tend to already. Wedding photo hangover. <laughs> Steven Van Alk. At Steven Van Alk. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram so, and Facebook. So if you notice, the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast Twitter account has now reached 1.2 million followers. Now you know the backstory, even if Steve <laughs> won't admit that he bought our account. <laughs> we would have lost all of our good, good followers that we already have. Quality people. You can't just, isn't there a way to roll them in together? Just a little burrito? I wish, but there, I don't know that there is. Like, if you become president of the United States of America, there's a way that they can roll it in, as we saw when uh, the presidents transitioned this last time. But um, for, like, nor normal people, I don't think they do stuff like that. They would if you had 1.2 million followers. I doubt it. Hotel accommodations for out-of-town weddings. Dustin, you added this to the show notes. Yeah, so I have a wedding coming up in a couple weeks, and forgive me if I've already talked about this, but it is in good old New York of City, and uh, I'm bringing along a female second shooter, and she waited until recently to inform her husband that we only have one hotel room, even though... I specifically asked her to talk to him about this previously. So I wanted to get your feedback, Steve, on co-ed hotel room sharing. Um, see where you stood on this. Maybe if any listeners out there want to share their thoughts on this. Never. Never, no hard line, no co-ed 
hotel room sharing? 100%. Never. Okay. Your wife was okay with this? Yeah. Uh, it was it was just a matter of cost. The bride was only willing to pay for one room. Um, Gosh, and when on, she bo- on the note of this question, topic, whatever you want to call it, I am just going to have to go ahead and... Oh, gosh. I'm going to need more alcohol if we're going to talk about this. This number two? Number three? Where are we at on these? Woo! This is number two. I'm it's... working on that gold apple, baby. Mm, this one's gold. good. You can really taste the gold in it. I think it might be at least like one carat. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so... The bride only covered one hotel room for our stay in New York because she's covering, uh, I think, three nights while we're there. And uh, originally, my wife and I were going to be shooting this wedding. Uh, we had our baby boy a couple weeks early, and so the timing didn't work out for her to be able to come along for this wedding uh, due to her maternity leave with her big girl job, day job. And so I had to find someone else and the bride still wanted a female photographer and but yet wasn't willing to do a second room being that it's three hundred dollars a night for a hotel room in new york city i would have just pushed back and said i'm sorry we can't do it unless you're willing to pay for another room the one hotel room condition was upon me bringing my wife and that's not possible anymore uh see her her solution when i did do that was that she would find a second photographer for me in the area. And then I was like, oh, oh that's still wise. Yeah, let her do that, buddy. And then you just say, oh, and your second photographer is going to be shooting all the photos at this wedding and they can just send them to me to edit. Right? No. That's how that works. Uh, I have them send everything to Bespoke Tone. Um, nice. Thanks, buddy. That's what I'm here for, man. No, but so yeah, I chose a female photographer that I worked with um, quite a few times, and she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, she didn't quite put two and two together when I said, you know, hey, do you want to come to New York with me uh, for this wedding? But she didn't they, put two and two together. Or you didn't tell her. No, I told her. I was very clear because I asked three different people. I, I want to see each the person email on this. I want to see each, this. Each person, I said, the caveat is uh, the bride is only paying for one room. Obviously, the room will have two beds, an enclosed bathroom, um, and I promise not to you. Oh, gosh. Please tell me you didn't even say that as a joke. Why are you even saying oh. that as a joke on this podcast, Dustin? Oh, yuck. Yuck, 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 I, yuck, Well, yuck. I wanted to get the elephant in the room out of the way and just make any, you know, a joke out of the obvious you know, discomfort that we as females and males have against sharing a room with the opposite You know, sex. Dustin, when we were in Africa, I had to share a room with you many, many times, and you never told me you weren't going to me. That's because I had full intentions to you, Steve. Mm, yuck, this is, this is all yuck, and I don't like talking about this, and I don't know why you're saying these horrible, horrible things. Oh, Steven, but oh, so Dustin, we can't do this. I'm going to, oh gosh, Dustin. Oh no. Oh, you're causing me to do this, Dustin. You already finished the other one? No, but I'm going to drink them both at the same time to try to get these thoughts out of my head. Oh, anyway, so I was just curious if I didn't know if this was like a conservative Indiana thing that people are so against sharing a room. So, Dustin, the rosé apple does taste like rosé mixed with cider. Um, 
It's actually kind of refreshing. It is a semi-dry, gluten-free, no artificial flavors or colors sort of taste. Damn it. Shouldn't have read that last part out the can. Now everybody knows I'm cheating when I do these. <sighs> Reviews. Mm. Uh, Dustin, no. Why are you sharing a room? Why are you sharing a room with your second shooter? Even even if your second shooter is a male, you should still be getting them a second room. Like I do not understand this. The only only way it's ever okay to share the room with your second shooter is like if you have a long-standing relationship with them and they're cool with it and their spouse is cool with it and your spouse is cool with it that's why when we were in africa it was okay for you and me to share a room because my wife knows that you and i just like to snuggle and we don't do anything else just handsy stuff well that doesn't count as long as it's over the clothes this second this second second shooter if your second shooter is listening to this right now um this this is just what steve steve is gonna say to you right now second shooter um Make Dustin get you a room. 100% refuse to go unless he gets you a room. This is utterly ridiculous. If the bride's not going to pay for it, Dustin needs to pay for it out of pocket. I've tried to get her a room and the hotel is completely booked up because it's a holiday weekend. Are there no other hotels in all of New York City? Nope. Not a single one. Are you telling me in the greatest city in the world... There are no other hotels. The greatest city so, in the world. It sounds like your answer is hard no. Don't share rooms. Hard no. So hard no. Oh my gosh. Okay. Never. If there's any listeners out there, I'd be curious what your thoughts are if they're contrary to Steve. So I got to say that going from the gold apple to the rosé apple and then back again, no bueno, Dustin. No bueno. I do not like this. This was a big mistake. I should not have opened up that second one as a joke, but you made me so incredibly uncomfortable with your terrible, terrible, terribleness. Well, we like to answer, you know, ask those hard-hitting questions here on the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. Dustin, what in your mind makes you think, why, why are you coming on our podcast just trying to get validation for your terrible decisions? That's what this is right now. Well, no, it's not necessarily that I'm looking for validation. It's that this whole um, scenario has kind of brought up some questions where I'm like curious from a society standpoint, why it's okay that two males share a room, two females share a room, uh, but not two like a female and a male to share a room, even though they both have longstanding really good marriages. And I mean, trust me, I'm on the same page. If it was reverse and it was cringe trying to share a room with some other guy, I don't know that I would be okay with that. Dustin, here's the thing though. If I was working for somebody else, I wouldn't want to share a room with another guy. When you asked me to go to Wisconsin, that was one of the first questions I asked you. Am I going to have my own hotel room? You said, yes. I said, I'll go. That's because you snore, Steve. (laughs) This is why we need really, really loud. I want to keep the mystery in our loving relationship alive. Um, You know, if you get to know me too well, Dustin, you won't want to do this podcast with me anymore. Even it's because because every time I get to know you a little bit better, I stop wanting to do the podcast with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Stephen. If this podcast isn't a good example of why I don't want to do this podcast with you, I don't know what is. Oh. That's kind of like an enigma. Edward Enigma. 
But yeah, I was just kind of curious. So that's the... Con- Riddle me this, Batman. Would you share a room with somebody of the same sex as you? Yes, absolutely. I've shared a room with... Would you share a room with somebody of the opposite sex of you? Yes. Have you done this before? I have not shared a... I, was, I don't believe I've shared a room with someone of the opposite sex. So can I ask you, why have you not shared a room with somebody of the opposite sex before now? And that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about if other people have, if this is something that's just completely like a red line that no one in the entire world crosses, or if this is something that's just more of a conservative belief or where we fall with this. I don't feel like it's a conservative belief, but I don't know because I'm from the Midwest, which is very conservative. Exactly. See, you and I were raised very conservatively. Now, and but, so, but Dustin, I have watched When Harry Met Sally, and I have watched it several times. And I do know from watching that movie that men and women can't be friends. So, see, some of my best friends are all female. The only female friends I have are the great listeners of this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I did a wedding a while back where I was working for a videographer, and all of a sudden we were shooting the wedding. It was like one in the morning. He's like, I'm just going to get a hotel. And he just got like one room and it was like three of us. And he slept on the floor. And then the other guy slept in one bed and I slept in one bed. See, I feel like that's very dude bro to be like, yeah, we'll just get one room and I'll sleep on the floor. And like the other two dudes can sleep in those beds. I feel like if you're, if you're trying to run a business that looks semi-professional, like it's a, a hotel room for each person. Yeah, but I feel like at the same time, too, like wedding photographers and wedding professionals in general, unless you're like charging the big bucks, pretty, you're not like your margins are really slim and you're, especially if you're traveling. And that's why you push all those expenses onto the clients. Your margins are slim. So you push those expenses on the clients. The bride is already paying for the room. I got to ask you, why does, why does the second shooter need to be there for three days? Is it a three day wedding? Uh, she doesn't need to be there for all three days, but it was just, I, I guess that's not something I really took into the equation. It was just, I was going for three days. She asked when I wanted to fly in and when I wanted to fly out and she was going to cover the entire trip. So fly your second so. shooter in the day. <laughs> there will be no mistakes there. Nothing will go wrong. And then, uh, have, have your second shooter take a red eye back home when it's over. I'll let, I'll let her know your strategy there. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, I mean, if your second shooter's uncomfortable with this, what are you going to do? She's not uncomfortable with it. The problem is her husband is uncomfortable with it. And being that I'm friends with said husband. Being I live in a very conservative area, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that if she says her husband's uncomfortable with it, with it, in the Bible, we are told that a man and a woman, when they come together, they become one flesh, one person. So when she says her husband's uncomfortable with it, in Bible Belt terms, that means they're both uncomfortable with it. It's a group decision at that point. Obviously, you don't know this couple very well. I would say most couples, when they say my spouse is uncomfortable with it, they're really just saying, I don't want to tell you I'm uncomfortable with it, so I'm going to push it off on my spouse and let them take the heat. Mm. No, because I've talked to her husband about it tonight. That's that's my... uh... My current, let's not call it a conundrum, my current scenario. We could call it a dilemma. That makes sense. Dilemma. 
Uh, we could also call it a big cluster cuss that Dustin got himself into. Yeah, that's true. That he knows the answer to, but he's pretending like he doesn't. The answer is I should have just brought Steve. That is the answer. I should have just brought Steve. That is the answer. I mean, I'm I'm the bride specifically requested a female, and I am no female, but um, a wig, and that's all I would have needed. Could have still wore the vest and tie. Those curly locks, Steve, aren't high. They're not fooling anyone. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, there it was. Yeah, guys, I'm onto that artisanal blend now because Dustin's just making me all kinds of uncomfortable tonight. Um, <laughs> it's not so much that I'm uncomfortable personally. It's that I'm thinking about you, our great, great listeners, and thinking about how uncomfortable some of you might be feeling listening to Dustin's horrible words, the horrible words coming out of his mouth tonight. And, and just knowing that I'm going to have to edit almost everything out. It's 40 minutes that we have wasted now. It's probably going to come out to like 10 minutes in post. Perfect. Uh, constructive criticism. Do we give it? Do we mm. ask for it? Mm, Dustin, that artisanal Thoughts? blend is very, very good. Um, it puts the other three to shame. Now, it could just be tasting good because I have drank the other three already now. Um, and I might be feeling it a little bit. I, I'm concerned that you drank the other three so fast. <laughs> well, doesn't I'm going to let you in on a secret. The uncomfortableness of your words led me to open two of them as jokes. Um, so I do have three three half-drink ones at this point. Are, are you saying that I'm causing you to have a drinking problem? Yes, 100%, Dustin. This is your fault. I don't have a problem. I do. Wait, I, I don't want to rephrase that. I do have a problem, and my problem is you. Um, constructive criticism. Do you give it? Do you ask for it? What are your thoughts? That is my topic that I put into the show notes. Um, let me just go ahead. Uh, something I've been seeing on some of the shadier Facebook groups that I am in. Uh, as, as I look for the good, good, the good dark questions. Web. Yeah. The, <laughs> the dark, dark the dark, the dark Facebooks that I'm in. Um, while I look for questions we, that we can, uh, talk about on this show. MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I've been seeing in a lot of them is people will post photos and be like, Hey, this is a wedding I shot. Um, it was my first wedding. And then other people will just comment back and like, they didn't say, what do you think? They didn't say, give me feedback. They didn't say, help me get better. And the group specifically will say, like, uh, no constructive criticism unless people ask for it and don't be nasty in your criticism if you do end up giving it. And people just, like, write back the shittiest things you could ever imagine, telling people, like, you shouldn't be shooting weddings. You, you, I know you did this for free, but you ruined that person's wedding. And just, like, terrible, terrible <laughs> stuff like that. And then when people complain about those comments... And one very, very shitty group that I was in, it was an admin who was doing it. And uh, when a person complained about the comment, the admin said that sharing a photo was asking for constructive criticism, so deal with it. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah, and when I saw this, I was I was pretty, pretty <laughs> livid. And I'm not going to lie, I don't go back to that uh, that group anymore because it pissed me off so much. Because there's an amateur photographer in a Facebook group for beginners who shot a wedding for a family member for free, posted a photo, and in my mind, this is somebody who needs to be nurtured. This is somebody who has a desire to do wedding photography, and they might not have like the skill of a professional yet, but they're doing a family member's photos for free because the family member couldn't afford a real photographer. like They couldn't afford to pay a photographer. 
not saying this amateur is not a real photographer. I'm sorry about that. That sa- um, so- sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, it does. I know. That's why I said I'm sorry. And so... <sighs> hurtful. Just hurtful. I'm yeah, drinking I just, now because of I, you. I, I, okay, good. Dr- drink all that vodka. Um, I cannot... I just can't believe the bullshit that people put up with when they join some of these Facebook groups. Uh, a lot of them just seem to be people who are power tripping and they're just looking for a way to tell other people that they're not good. Because I think it makes them feel better or something. But, like, can we just all agree to be most excellent to one another? Like, yeah, I, doesn't, that's good. I, we should start our own Facebook group. You and me. Stop it. A wedding photo hangover group. And we'll have Wild Stallions uh, rules for everybody who comes in. Um, you know, so be, be most excellent to one another. That's basically the only rule. Um, and also air guitar all the time. Unless you're a unicorn, and then you can take your unicorn horn and just stab everyone's photos with might and fury. That is not in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Why would you say this? No. That's the remake that's coming out next fall. I would watch that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd watch, watch the crap out of that. Uh... So, I mean, I, it just got me really pissed off. It got me started thinking about constructive criticism and when it's okay to give it and how you should give it. And so my basic guidelines are you don't ever give constructive criticism unless somebody asks for it. And then when you give constructive criticism, you give it in a kind way that is meant to be helpful and to show the person how they could possibly do better without negging them or negging their photo. That's my thoughts. Yeah. What, what do you think, Dustin? I always think about just ripping them down a peg, you know, tearing them up, spitting them back out, and make them crawl from the gutters to grow again like a phoenix out of their ashes into the bright, luminous photographer that I know that they can be. I need another beer to open. <laughs> That's what I'm after when I give constructive criticism. But... And you Dustin know, starts out every one of his constructive, <laughs> Dustin starts out every one of his constructive criticism posts by saying, "Just so you know, I'm not going <laughs> to." you. And then he starts doing the criticism, right? <laughs> yep, pretty much. Oh gosh, Dustin, you got to get that girl a room. She needs her own room. I've tried, Stephen. <sighs> this isn't just this isn't just for you. It's not just for her. It's it's for both of you. It's for the future of your business. Uh, these are precautions we take. This is why you don't share hotel rooms with anyone, ever. When Jen and I travel, we don't share hotel rooms together. We sleep <laughs> in separate rooms. You, you still sleep in separate rooms. So. When Jen and I travel with the kids, none of us sleep in the same hotel room. <laughs> we get suites, and we put the kids into their own rooms, where they stay all night. Yeah, right. <laughs> I believe that when I see it. I, I I long for a day where my daughter sleeps in her own room all night. It'll happen someday, buddy. It takes a while. Yeah. And then just when you're like, "Oh man, it's happening! It's so perfect!" Then your daughter will start waking up at five in the morning and coming into your room and waking you up and be like, "I want to go to school right now." It happened two nights ago, and then last night she cried so hard that she threw up all over herself. Oh, ouch. Who who got to clean that one up? Me being the asshole parent, I was like, no, she's fine. She finally stopped crying. And I'm like, and then Corinne's like, no, she's not laying down. I don't know why she isn't laying back down. And finally, Corinne went and checked on her. And she's like, she's not laying back down because she's sitting in a pile of her own vomit. And I'm like, oh, now I'm the asshole. <laughs> you were so close, man. 
It's, I know. It's tough when you wake up in the middle of the night. Like, you just want to go back to bed so bad. And you're just like, uh, did they vomit, though? Did they vomit? <laughs> and your wife's like, I'm looking at the vomit. And you're like, I don't think they vomited. It can't be that bad. And then you just kind of roll over, right? <laughs> I think that's a blanket. These monitors aren't very good. That's just a slimy blanket. It's a little gooey. So, Dustin, you asked a question. Uh, this is in our show notes for the last episode we did. It's if a bride is looking for a specific location and it costs mm-hmm. money to shoot in that location, should right. you force the bride to pay for the location-related expenses? What do you do if she insists that she shouldn't have to pay for the location-related expenses? Uh, so this was a wedding we had this past weekend, actually. Um, and so we had a bride looking for a specific look. She wanted that real industrial um, warehouse type vibe. And where we live, where we're located, we have zero of that. Um, all of those awesome historic buildings have been either demolished or are past the point of getting into and so I finally found one that we could get into and it was going to cost 250 buckaroos to take pictures there. And so I brought this to the bride's attention. I said, Hey, I finally found some place that, you know, kind of fits what you're looking for. And we can get in there on that, you know, particular Saturday, take pictures. It's 250 bucks. Um, and she was like, holy crap, we're not paying 250 bucks. We paid you a tremendous amount of money. Um, You should pay for it because we paid you kind of thing. Those aren't her exact words, but that was kind of the message. And so I brought the question to Steve. um, What's the standard here? Is there sort of a hard and fast rule on locations? The the hard and fast rule is that if you need a second hotel room, um, the bride pays for that. And then that's taken care of and that's done and you move on and you don't bring that up like a question that you don't know what to do about on your podcast with me. Yes, but we're talking about something else right now. So like when you guys photograph at the IMA, for example, and there's the $50 like photography fee, um, do you guys cover that? Do you make your brides cover that? How does that, does that work? Brides cover that. Okay. We, uh, in our contract, we don't, we say say that if there's any location expenses that are to be incurred, it's the uh, client's job to pay client's for that. Resp- yeah. Client's responsi- responsibility. That's the word I was looking for. You know, I am three tiny beers in, so. Three, three tiny apple ciders in. Three three tiny hot ciders. Little ciders. Um, but, yeah, so I was, I'm the same mentality as you, Stephen, but I was just blown away by the uh, the audacity of the bride to just kind of be like, uh, 250, it's like I gave, I wanted so badly to write her back and give her like this, I had multiple analogies come to my mind, but the one that I thought of was like going to a restaurant and getting like a really expensive steak and then being like, oh man, that steak was so good. And the waiter coming out and being like, well, can I interest you guys in any dessert? And be like, oh yeah, actually we, we're spending so much on this steak. I really think the dessert should should be free. Now, Dustin, did they, the client in your metaphor there, demand that they wanted dessert? Yes. Oh, okay. Because you, you presented it like the waiter came out and was like, do you want dessert? 
Um, and I was just thinking maybe for your analogy, did you say to your couple, do you want this location? And they didn't actually ask for it. Is that where no, you're going with this? The, Are you lying to me right now? Is this whole thing a lie? No. Are we living in the matrix? Are we in the real world? Which pill do I take to get out of this? I knew you're going to the matrix. You always go to the matrix. You always go to the matrix. Neo, come back to me. Bend the spoon. Unlock the door. You are a rabbit. A white rabbit. Okay. Anyways. Now we're getting into Alice in Wonderland. But yeah, so no, she was expecting us to pay for any spots. And so I went on Friday to check the spot out just because I was curious. And I had already kind of gone down the rabbit hole of like checking into it, getting information. And then it was supposed to rain on Saturday. Uh, So long story short, I went ahead and paid for it out of my own pocket and reserved it. Because A, it was a super sweet location. B, I knew the bride would be over the moon about the location. C, if it did rain, we had an indoor spot to photograph that no one else I'd be... Was the bride over the moon or was the bride just kind of like, this is what I expected you to pay for it? I don't know. It was weird. They they were so intoxicated by the time we got there that I'm really not sure I can accurately judge her emotional stability. Did she cry? No. Yeah. Not a home run then, buddy. She expected that. You gave her what she expected. I gave her what she expected, but... Hey there, Wedding Photo Hangover listeners. If you're looking for another wedding podcast, come check out Weddings for Real by me, Megan Gilligan. I've been a wedding planner for over 10 years, so I know all about the wedding hangover. And I've also got some amazing and hilarious stories to tell. So come join me as I interview photographers, fellow planners, DJs, videographers, and other wedding vendors about this crazy and one-of-a-kind industry. That's Weddings for Real, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do some Q&A. Let's Jennifer from the Facebook groups. I had one of the worst experiences ever while photographing a wedding over the weekend. During the reception, one of the bridesmaids and a guest who I later learned was the bride's aunt took it upon themselves to move the cake. While the coordinator and myself are standing there in total shock and disbelief, the bridesmaid mumbles something about the aunt being pushy. The aunt, seeing my reaction to that comment, came right over to me and got in my face. And she's telling me that she's a wedding coordinator and that the cake will photograph better where she put it. My jaw is literally literally on the floor. She is a half foot taller than me, extremely intimidating, and she's bullying me. She turns and leaves. The coordinator and I, now recovering slightly from the shock of what has just happened, proceed to move the cake back to where it was originally placed. The ant, <laughs> seeing that we have moved the cake, gets right up in my face again. Only this time, mm. she's threatening to Google me and ruin my business to ruin me. She was saying other mean and nasty things, but I heard nothing past ruining my business. Shaking and in tears, I retreated to the bathroom for three to five minutes to regain some composure. I have a harassment clause in my contract, but have never experienced anything that has made me think that I need to use it. 
Now that I have, I didn't know what to do. I only had 25 minutes of coverage time left, so I decided to stay to finish out my contracted obligation. But had it been longer, like over an hour, I just don't know. Unfortunately, the bride and groom were made aware of the situation, which made me feel even worse. They were extremely sympathetic, but how unfortunate that this had to happen on their day and by a family member. What do I do if the aunt follows through with her threat and tries to ruin my business with slanderous reviews? I do have images from my second photographer that show the aunt staring me down throughout the rest of the wedding. Is there anything else that I should be doing or checking into to protect myself and my business? I mean, I would just have a conversation with the bride and groom. I mean, if it's a family member, she's not going to like go after you knowing that the bride and groom are going to go after her because they're family. That'd be, that'd be blood. Yeah, but you're not family. So right. blood is thicker than but, water, brah. Blood is thicker than water, brah. Right, but I'm saying that if the bride and groom had her back on the wedding day, then they should also have her back in the event that her, their family member goes and does something stupid because they're bitter because... How are they going to have her back if her, their family member does something stupid? If she goes on Yelp and Google and Facebook and where else can you leave reviews? Rip-off reports? The not wedding wire. The not wedding wire. And just starts leaving terrible reviews for your business in all those places. What can they do to make that stop? Tell her to go delete them or else they're not going to put her on their Christmas card list. If they had power over her, she wouldn't have been moving the cake around on the day. She wouldn't have been staring the person down for the rest of the day. She's unhinged. Unhinged. I don't know. What would you do? I don't know that there's anything you can do at that point in time. Oh, that's scary. I mean, you got to do everything you can in the moment to try to make the person feel like they're being heard and then just let them know, hey, I really understand this is how you feel, but I'm working with the coordinator of this event and that is where she had the cake and I have to help her because she is technically my boss for today. Basically, just say that to her and she can be mad with you, but I mean... If you can just make her, let her know that, hey, where the cake is placed is not up to you. It's up to somebody else. Also, not up to the photographer, you know. It's up to the bride and groom or it's up to the day of coordinator of the wedding planner or somebody else. You can take the heat off yourself. I'm not saying it's good to push the heat onto the day of coordinator of the wedding planner or onto the bride and groom. But the thing with the wedding day is... It's not like they were doing photo family photos or something like that and the aunt got up in her face. This was where the cake was going to be placed. That's something that would be planned out by the catering staff or the servers or the venue. It's not planned out by the bride's aunt. That should never be her decision. And it's also not planned out by the photographer. The photographer doesn't go around moving cakes typically. So if a photographer is moving a cake, it's... Probably, especially if she was doing it with the coordinator, at the coordinator's behest. Typically, I have moved my fair share of cakes. In fact, I just moved a cake this weekend. Really? How'd that go? Did you drop it? No. Uh, the It was a small cake, um, like a three-tier, you know, small one. And the, I don't know, it's an awkward-shaped venue where it's two separate rooms with sort of this, you know, area in the middle that kind of connects the two rooms. And they put the cake... And uh, like a dessert table in that middle room. 
and then they were going to go cut the cake in this middle room out of the eyesight of everybody at the wedding. And so I was like, why, why don't we just move the cake into the dance floor so that everyone can see you? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, was there no serving staff, wait staff, no day of coordinator, no wedding planner, no catering staff there? This is this is Fort Wayne. This is Fort Wayne, Steve. Not not your big city. Because that really, oh man, I would. That is not something. That is not something I would ever do. In the past, when yes. Jen and I have seen that, like the cake was in a place where it should not be, for photography per- reasons or other things, we've talked to somebody who you know would be in charge of the cake. Jen and I don't ever move a cake because the cake, uh, you can't destroy a cake. Like that's huge, dude. I just kind of roll in and I'm like, cake, I move that shit. What? If you are listening and Dustin has ever shot your wedding, keep in mind he probably moved your cake. So if there is a flaw with it, uh, feel free to write your complaints straight to Dustin underscore McKibben at AOL.com. Wedding photo hangover podcast. (laughs) That's okay with me if they want to write to the uh, podcast account. All right, moving on, moving up, moving forward. Uh, what's up next, Steve? Doesn't how do you protect uh, yourself from bad reviews? You don't. Nancy from the Facebook groups. This is from a wedding inquiry. After asking price and availability, I received this message: O B T W. I would like to edit the photos myself. Is that okay with you? I responded that I don't give out raw, uh, raw files. The person raw. then said, how about you do your own edit, but I still want all the raw files. Is that okay with you? I have my own preset and I want it. I want the photos to match my feed and brand. That's all. Also, I wanted to ask, what are the worst repercussions? This is not the uh, person asking. This, this is the person writing the question now, not what the bride said to her anymore. And she says, also, I wanted to ask, what are the worst repercussions of sharing my raw files with this client? Especially if I separate myself from the job entirely and lose all marketing value from it in exchange for money. I am super aware that giving out raw files is a big no-no because of industry standard, etc. But what if I could get her to choose specific files she wants raw and make sure she doesn't tag me in them at extra cost? Or I call the whole wedding and give them to her at really high additional costs, like an additional $1,000. What would you do or say? Well, it kind of sounds like it's not a wedding client. It sounds like it's more of uh, someone looking for pictures for their Instagram account, like social media photos. Yeah, but it was from a wedding inquiry that was at the top of what I read off to you from Nancy on the Facebooks. I just, I guess I don't know, maybe my brides are more simpletons, but I don't know many brides who are concerned about the look of their wedding photos in their feeds. I'm assuming this would be more like the person who you said asked you if they could get a discount if they shared all of the photos you took at their wedding on their Instagram and plugged your business. I'm assuming it's somebody like that. I would just stay away from those kind of people altogether. Anyone who's got over 10,000 followers on Instagram, I wouldn't want to shoot their wedding. Dustin, you have over 10,000 followers on Instagram. Wouldn't want to shoot my own wedding. Not Dustin underscore McKibben, just Dustin and Corinne. Dustin underscore McKibben is is the best kept secret. (laughs) The best kept secret. So, 
Dustin. So, Steven. Do you ever give raw files out? No. What are the worst repercussions of sharing raw files? That they're going to edit themselves, post it online, and someone somewhere is going to be like, oh my gosh, like, what was their photographer thinking when he edited that? Which I know is petty and... No, Dustin, as somebody who sends all of their photos out to be edited by somebody else, why why would you necessarily think people are looking at it and saying, what was the photographer thinking when they edited? Because even though I outsource my editing, Stephen, it's still a reflection of my brand. But when you hand the raw files over, you're wiping your hands of the editing. Yeah, but the person who sees them posted on Facebook or Instagram doesn't know that. So are you going to, would you then say, hey, if you post to Instagram or Facebook, don't tag me? Or put a disclaimer at the bottom that says edited by me. I know several photographers who uh, will do like trades for like headshots or family photos. um, And they might have a different editing style than the photographer that they hire. And um, they'll give the raw files over. I've given raw files over in that sense. Um, because I know photographers, um, you know, that have a certain editing style that I don't. And I'm, I more care about our relationship with them than I do about, you know, me getting publicity out of them for shooting their photos. And a lot of times they'll post taken by Dustin, but edited by me or something of that nature. Photos taken by Dustin. Edited by me. Like that? I, I, I feel like the audio of that isn't going to come across as good as the facial reenactment of what you just did. Mm. It was some true Shakespearean. So it, what Dustin's getting at is when you say everything like that it was, you know, being shot by Dustin, you're looking one way and you're looking super serious. But then when you say edited by me, you look straight up at the camera or the person you're talking to with a goofy grin on your face. That, that was all the, the good, good acting that I was doing there. We should start live streaming these chats, brah. Brah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, would you consider calling a whole wedding and then giving those photos the cold wedding photos to the client at a really high additional cost, like a thousand dollars. You're losing all marketing value. Yeah, I, I think I would, uh, for a high additional cost. We do the same thing for video. We'll give the raw footage from video to a bride as an a la carte item, as an add on, um, that they can pay for if they want. So I don't see why it would be any different, to also do the same with your raw photos. Wait, hey, doesn't have uh, any of the clients who I shot the video for, have they gotten the raw? No, it's raw something footage? we just started doing recently. Why? Because I just say a lot of terrible things while I'm shooting video for you. Because I'm like, it's just Aaron who's going to hear this, right? Oh, it's definitely something that we make abundantly clear before we uh, before we start shooting the wedding day. If They, they have to agree to doing the raw f- footage before we has anybody taken you up on that uh we actually yeah we have one bride uh this year that is getting the raw footage or wants the raw footage is that the wedding i'm shooting for you Dustin? i need to know tell me right now uh it could very well be steven oh gosh no Dustin. what what date is it (laughs) give me all of the answers now 
So sensitive, Steve. Just don't talk that day. I mean, that that's my whole goal in life, is to go through the rest of my life without ever having to talk except for on this podcast with you. That is the most talking I do in a week, that's for certain. Okay, so you, w- you would give raw files away, but you would charge more well, money or no? Yeah, every, I would every time more, more money. money. More money You're every okay day, with that? all day. I, would you recommend... I got, kids, I got kids to feed. Would you recommend other photographers do raw files and charge more money? That's totally their prerogative. No, 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 no. People listen to this podcast because they want to know what would Decimate Kibben do if he were here I right just, now? I He'd just make told a you plan what I and would follow do. through. That's what Decimate Kibben would do. When Decimate Kibben I, was in the Alps fighting grizzly bears, he used his magic fire breath to save the maiden's fair. What is this madness? It's the South Park song, What Would Brian Boitano Do? Come on. Right. And South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. It was a movie. Oh, I forget you're younger than me, so you're probably too young to watch South Park back when that was a movie. It's cool. Correct. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah. So, what would you recommend photographers who listen to our good, good podcast? What would you say they should do? Should they give those raw files away for more money or not or what? Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, a thousand extra dollars. Why not? Most nine out of 10 brides aren't going to be able to even open a raw file. So I guess I don't see the harm in giving them something that is literally unusable to them. Um, <laughs> especially if they are willing to pay good money for it. Like in the, in, in the context of this question, it was, you know, this person has their own preset. They want to edit them on their own and the preset will match their feed and brand. So this person definitely knows how to open a raw file and has the uh, software for it. Correct. Yeah. I'm saying in a broader sense. Most, most of your clients than... aren't going to ask this. I get it. But you feel okay with just losing the marketing value? Is, is the marketing value from a wedding worth like a thousand bucks? Uh, I don't see why you can't post on Instagram and Facebook before you hand over the raw photos, thus giving you marketing value. Cool. I mean, if you can post before they get their photos. So I think what Dustin's getting at here is to go ahead, make an agreement with them that you're allowed to edit all the photos and share them the way you want, but that the raw files are going to cost them more money if they want to edit them to look the way that they want. So that way you don't lose marketing value from it, but you're still also making more bang for that buck, right? More bang for that buck because I'm I think angry. That's, yeah, no, I, I think I used that wrong. I think more bang for your buck is when you get get more for, for the same amount of money or less. Uh, but yeah, you're going to make more money. And, uh, you know, you're still doing the same amount of work, though. So that, that kind of sucks. It'd be, it'd be nice if you could do less work and make more money, but whatevs. Then you lose mm. that marketing value. Dustin, how, how quickly do you think that bride is going to get those photos turned around if you say you'll give her the raw files, but you know you want to get yours done first? Or would you just give her the raw files and then it's like a race and boom, you're on. Off to the races. Go, Dustin. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Well, it's kind of like that event you and I shot. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, it's not really like that at all, but it's sort of... No, it is kind of like that because you were doing a video for a company that was at the event, but the event itself had two different companies there doing videos of the event. 
So you Correct. were kind of in a race because you were trying to do a video for a company there while two different people were trying to get their videos done and put out for the event itself. And you know that if those two people get their videos done and put out first, that then people won't be as enthused about the video you made for that company that was there, right? Yep, which is what happened. <laughs> he got his video done literally the next day. <laughs> Not saying his is better or worse than ours. They're very different videos. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say we stole any shots off of his video from YouTube. Uh, they're very different videos. Dustin, did you steal shots off of his video from <laughs> no. YouTube? <laughs> no. <laughs> we joked about it, though. <laughs> I mean, typically with those sorts of things, you do have to get the, like the video turned around really fast if you're shooting for the event itself. Most events will want a video like the next day. Um, which is terrible if you're actually trying to like shoot and edit something. But I typically tell people I can't get it done any sooner than a week. Yeah, because Stephen Van Elk is crazy. How how long did it take you to get the video done? Uh, let's see. We just finished it literally this week. So when we shot that event back in April, mm -hmm. right? April 20th? Does that sound right? Yeah, 420. <laughs> yeah, that's right, buddy. 420. So almost almost a month, three weeks. So, But it was, it was challenging. We had some difficulties putting it together, finding out, getting a feel for what we really wanted it to look like. But um, I'll post that up on the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast YouTube page as soon as Steve... <gasps> More content. Steve Yay. As soon as Steve lets me. And uh, I'll let you guys take a look at it. It's from that crazy uh, shirtless candlestick-wearing guys video that Stephen and I now, shot. Now, I have been told I'm not allowed to uh, refer to physically fit people as having hard bodies anymore by my wife. Mm. Why? Why is that? She said it was a huge, huge turnoff, so. <laughs> uh, I see. She, she said she did not find it funny. And uh, it was something we needed to stop doing immediately. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo <laughs> Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. You can find Dustin on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And you can find Steve at at Stephen Van Elk. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday, after you shoot another wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Man, it's getting really hard to talk with all this cider in me. Woo-wee! Can I just say that I think Silicon Valley might be one of the greatest shows ever made? Yeah, you can say that. Are you current? Okay. I'm current. I just caught up today. I was actually doing that while we were supposed to be recording. And, uh... Oh, uh, so so you're having trouble putting your kids to bed, and you got a migraine, and those were all lies? You were just watching Silicon Valley? No, I was watching Silicon Valley at 10 o'clock when I thought we were going to be recording. Oh, because I was late. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. I am not caught up. I'm not caught up in Silicon Valley, and I'm also behind on Westworld, which is like my favorite TV show ever. I haven't started Westworld yet. Mm, so good, buddy. But the character development that they've done on Richard this this season is just so funny. Like, just the where they've taken him. 
So that's all you're watching right now? Just Silicon Valley? What about those Netflix shows you're trying to get me into? Silicon Valley, and uh, I just finished... I finished um, yesterday morning, I believe. I finished uh, Lost in Space. How's that? It's it's hard because it, the nostalgic little boy in me that grew up watching Lost in Space mm-hmm. is having trouble with this adapted, totally different spin on, on that world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I love the elements to it. Mm-hmm. I loved the, uh, the writing. Uh, I was just going to watch it with Ian and he got too scared. So we, uh, we watched the first three Harry Potter movies and, uh, we started the first, uh, Star Wars movie. And by the first, I mean, you know, th- the first th- slash the fourth. And he's really yeah. into those, but he, he was kind of scared when the girl got frozen in ice and, he decided to turn it off at that point in time with Lost in Space. So I don't know if we're going to go back to it. I wasn't really that into it because like the dad kind of seemed like a huge a-hole. So. Yeah, it's definitely one of those shows you kind of have to stick with because it gets better. The, the, the dad starts having emotions and treating people like human beings instead of like soldiers at some point in time, I assume. I'm never going to watch this unless Ian wants to watch it, and I don't think he wants to watch it. So. It's pretty scary. I don't know if I would let him... I mean, he is watching Star Wars where Darth Vader snaps somebody's neck with his hand, which I totally had just in my mind completely forgot about. But like Darth Vader's literally holding up a rebel in the spaceship and then you hear not like force holding him up. He's like holding him up just with one hand out like Darth Vader was swole. (laughs) Underneath that suit was one hard body. Oh, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Justin, did you already stop your recording? Because you can. We didn't really wrap it up and say goodnight. Good night, Dustin. <laughs> Good night, Steve. <laughs>